0: the state of combat podcast on cbs sports with me brian campbell back with a bang back from las vegas back ready jacked syringe filleth over ready for injection of that performance enhancing audio i back
1: trust me I bet.
0: Oh, yeah. The Brian Campbell, the voice that you hear. What a wild seven, eight, nine, ten days it has been. UFC 239 International Fight Week. Oh, heck yeah. The Hall of Famer Sugar Rashad Evans had some family things to get to. Will not be joining us on this show, but my boy B Dubs and yours, Brandon Wise in the house. Brando. We're ready to talk MMA, bro. We got a big show. People can revisit our collaboration, which was the UFC 239 instant analysis show from my Las Vegas hotel room Saturday night. Now we're going to spin it forward this week. How the hell are you feeling? you facing the pain of a Las Vegas body hangover?
2: Yes, a hundred percent. I don't think I've slept better than I did the night I landed in Fort Lauderdale on Sunday. I think I got about 9 or 10 hours straight of sleep, and I haven't done that in probably 12 or 14 months. So I feel a lot better than I did in Vegas. I went to the gym yesterday. I'm starting a new training program at uh, our boy Rashad Evans's place with Henry Hooft and them yeah, boys. look at
0: this tough guy, B-dubs. Uh, first it was boxing sparring. Now you're going to a legitimate MMA gym. Is this what you said when you, when you basically walked in there?
1: You say something else. Whoop your ass in the octagon,
0: bitch. No. How did they respond to that?
2: I did not say that because there are a lot bigger and scarier people than me walking around that gym. So no. Oh, by the I way, shout out very to Floyd quiet.
0: Mayweather getting his soul taken by that uh, <laughs> by that street dribbler. Who was the guy that did it? The Bone Collector. I don't know much about the Bone Collector. Ghetto man and he
2: fights in a ghetto way.
0: Uh, sounds God. like a ghetto superstar to me. I love it. Love it. Floyd with the high socks took an L, but in this gym, B dubs, are you? cohabitating and working out with professional fighters
2: yes there was danny hot chocolate roberts running the pro class next to us with uh, linton vassal um Ong song lang i think is how you say his name the one double champion over there um I'm trying to think of who else was there that i saw there's a, a lot i mean a ton of aspiring mixed martial artists that are on their way up through the ranks and stuff so there's a lot of Big name pro athletes down here in South Florida.
0: Good for you, man. Getting at it. I, you're, somebody's taking this sparring match seriously. It seems you're getting yourself. Somebody ripped. has to, dude. The the. By the way, we're close. We are close to that light <laughs> switch getting flipped. You want to know why? Because six days of Vegas food just destroyed. Bro, Vegas has the. I've developed. I've developed this this theory now. I think it's true. Vegas has the worst food in this country. And I know people are going to say, what are you, crazy, BC? You haven't eaten at this, this, and this place. Yeah, I haven't. You want to know why? Because it's like $250 to eat at those places that you're going to mention. I'm sure they're great. I've had the top shelf steak there. It's great. But for a regular person, man, that food sucks and it hurts. All right?
2: Dude, I looked at the room service one day just because I was curious and wanted to get like a cup of coffee. The coffee was $18. Oh, boy. It's like, what are you doing to me? Yeah,
0: yeah. Can't wait to go back next week for Pacquiao Thurman. (laughs) All right. Hey, we do have a loaded show for you today. Two big time guests. Mr. Faber himself, UFC Hall of Famer Uriah Faber, who returns this Saturday, by the way. Comeback fight on the UFC Sacramento card. He's going to chat to us about this return, about being a dad, all that good stuff. But I know you want even more than that. And we got it for you. Former UFC welterweight champion, ruthless Robbie Lawler coming at you from a rooftop in NYC. Where not only is Robbie spitting hot fire, B-dubs, but it was hot as a ball bag in that 90 degree New York City morning weather. Robbie and I were in a damn sauna atop that roof. I gutted it out. But it's an interview you want to hear. Why? Because he responds to everything Colby Covington said during this week's visit on the Ariel Hawani show on ESPN. So it's going to be some audio you want to hear for sure. Uh, Brando, you and I experienced that, quote unquote, dry heat in Las Vegas where they try to downplay it because it's 104, but there's no humidity. No, there's no humidity, but there's the tongue of hell uh, (laughs) singeing your your open flesh and skin. I did a CBS Sports HQ hit from there in the shade, and my feet were burning, bro. Like, legitimately going to burn off. This was, um, I, I feared Swamp Ass coming in. That's why the good folks at Ballsy, who have outfitted me with a ton of awesome men's hygiene products from the Ball Wash, to the sack spray, to the nut rub. By the way, products I use and used in Las Vegas. Could have used them on the rooftop in New York today. But Brandon, this was a different kind of penetration from the heat, if you will. I think you did. <laughs> you were
2: late on that one. Um, yeah, I've never experienced dry heat before. And I could—I told somebody today, I could feel my pores closing which was really weird, as opposed to de- being down here in South Florida, where you walk outside and your body just starts covering in water <laughs> because it's so humid outside um yeah, that heat was no joke man like like not to sound weird, but my lap my lips got chapped almost instantly when I landed in in Vegas that what? was. It's just so odd. And
0: I'm sure there's people listening to this who live in— And by the way, they're like, you know, stop complaining, B.C. Or maybe people who live near you in South Florida going, stop complaining, B.C. Or maybe people who live on my street in Connecticut and deal with humid summers that are saying, stop complaining. But I'm going to complain for a second. Hey, UFC, I love you. I love that your businesses and offices are in Las Vegas. That's great. I love that you do International Fight Week, which, by the way, this year was awesome. Not just UFC 239, but everything around it. But can we not do this in July in Las Vegas? Maybe like maybe our Super Bowl card can go anywhere else. Minneapolis? How about that? Anyone anyone busy in <laughs> Minneapolis in July? I mean, come the hell on, right?
2: Minneapolis was the week before. That was the uh, JDS. Yeah,
0: they card. they mixed it up, they basically I mean come on Dana, please, Dana, please.
1: Oh, come on, Anderson. I say, come on, Dana. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. Dana say, no, 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 no. I say, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 Dana. I mean, come on. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. All right. Hey, remember that time Anderson Silva's PR people invited me to a uh, workout in LA where they, where it said explicitly in the email, you can bring your significant other? Bro, that's not a workout. That's an indecent proposal. How is no one talking about that? <laughs>
2: Yeah, we're not going to talk about it here either. All
0: right. Okay. Hey, uh, by the way, uh I don't am not that you uh inspected my man my man sauce or anything, but uh the folks the f- well sorry, wrong choice of words. Uh my, <laughs> my 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 male sauce. Uh wait, wait, wrong wrong adjective, wrong <laughs> verb. Wow. Um but I can hook you up with some good products from the people at Ballsy, Keeping me fresh all summer long. That nut rub I use it everywhere, all right? All right. That's it. That's
2: it. Did this it. become a podcast after dark again? Like what are we <laughs> doing? On.
0: Patreon subscribers can press one to, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, let's get back on track. We got a big show coming at you and you're going to hear it right after a word from our friends and sponsors coming at you right now. Dig it. All right, BC and B-dubs coming at you. Rashad Evans taking a break this week. A well-deserved break, by the way. I mean, Brandon, the guy went into the Hall of Fame this past Friday and had that epic viral moment of the damn earthquake happening during his speech. And then he had to deal with the schmo on the red carpet. I mean, (laughs) I I don't know if you saw that video, but um, shout out to Rashad. Love me me some sugar. Pour some of that. Actually, don't. But what you know? What do you got? You were about to say something.
2: No, that—that's what I was going to say. It Was that earthquake was just like, almost it almost became the viral moment of the weekend until Ben Askren was obliterated in the face. Yes. But yeah, man, that was. <sighs> Again, we said it on the on the incident analysis show that there were two earthquakes while we were both together in Vegas, and we didn't feel
0: either one of them. Oh, the, well, there was three. I felt the third one in my pants after eating that. Uh, what was that? That. Uh... Remember, I had that pancake. You got poutine. Oh, yeah, I did that, too. Remember, I had that pancake at Tom's Urban that it was the size of a plate and it had chili on it and it had like spicy wings on top of it. What was I thinking, dude?
2: You got fried chicken with a potato base of some sort. cornbread
0: pancake. And I had the warlock sitting next to me telling us. You want to talk about Patreon after hours, telling us very (laughs) indecent things about his personal life. Love that man, Gareth A. Davis. Anyway, yes, earthquakes became the theme that week. I I really hope, seriously, not just because I'll be in L.A. and Vegas this next week. I hope that's all buttoned up, bro.
2: Me too. I mean, before we got into the arena on Saturday, I was kind of like, what's going to happen if there's another one? Like, is that big giant Jumbotron going to start shaking and I'm going to have to run or something? Like... Uh yeah,
0: not good. Uh we do uh we broke all things down UFC two thirty nine in our instant analysis show on Saturday. I did want to catch some things on the spin-off. Many of those members not only appeared on the Ariel Hawani show on ESPN, but we got a lot of news. I want to start with our new boy. By the way, I didn't give this guy love coming in. I love him now. Maheta, Maheta, Mahet. That song, by the way, epic, right? That entrance song he has.
2: Are you ever gonna say anybody's name right?
0: By the way, that entrance song though, from Shago Shago Santos, is epic, bro. You know the one I'm talking about, right? That walkout uh, song.
2: Sing it again, please. it. it's
0: one per show, once per show. Right? <laughs> it's I I, don't, I can't smell that thing again. It is a beautiful aroma that arouses me. Um, he dislocated every single part of his knee: the MCL, the PCL, the ACL, the RCL, meniscus. the uh, meningitis. What, what else? He, the
2: meniscus.
0: Meniscus, uh, dude. The guy's knee fell off. Yet, Brandon, he went five hard rounds. And people like Brett Okamoto and many others actually thought he won. How tough is, uh, A, how tough is Shago? B, is he ever going to walk again? Was this worth it? And C, I don't have it. What do you got, bro?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're saying he's going to be out until at least 2020. It's like, well, yeah, (laughs) he's going to have to have, like, Multiple surgeries on that knee just to get all the ligaments back together. Uh, him walking again sounds like it's going to take him at least a year just because it's so much damage and cartilage injuries on that knee now. I, I could not imagine him coming back to the Octagon before International Fight Week next year, right? Like, think. how long did it take Anderson Silva to come back from the shattered shit? He came
0: back somewhat quickly, right? Like, not John Cena quickly, but not Tony Ferguson quickly, but somewhat quickly in his old age, right?
2: But, like, a normal football player gets an ACL injury. They're out six to eight months most of the time for explosiveness and all that kind of stuff. I, I just can't see him getting that kind of quickness with that much damage like Tony Ferguson was just the LCL right it was just one ligament snapped out of nowhere freak injury this is four different ligaments in his knee that have just completely dis dislodged and are no longer connecting the main pieces of his leg together so I think he's gonna be out until at least March that's just a random guess shot in the dark
0: I hope but, he could be the same because with a yeah. performance like that, it's like you want to see him against the very best coming up. I mean, like you want it, man. It's just as badly as I want to play you this Maheta song. Oh, here, hold on one second, Brandon. I uh, tell me if you can hear this. <laughs> with me stay
1: with
0: (laughs) my hata my my, bro how good is that song a and b is there any chance they're singing kill whitey because i don't even care at this point bro because that song's badass all right thank you they're
2: they're talking about sledgehammers just so you know okay um yeah just by the way Let's think about for a second if he won that fight just offhand, like if the if another judge gave him 48, 47, we're talking about the division being backed up again. And John Jones probably fighting for an interim title later this year. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, Interesting stuff, dude, coming out of this. Not only that Tiago Santos will not capitalize on this for a while, not only Jones Asking fans who he should fight. And somebody tweeted Dom Reyes. He kind of liked that. Then somebody tweets your boy, Johnny Walker weirdo, who, by the way, the other day at the red carpet, of the hall of fame said he wouldn't mind moving up to heavyweight to fight in Ghana. What? Um, John was like, no, nah, nobody knows who Johnny Walker is. Why would I do that? Hey bro, nobody knows who Anthony Smith is. Nobody knew who Tiago Santos was unless you're a hardcore fan. What am I not missing here on your guy?
2: I don't know, man. Like, this is John being just kind of – he's kind of starting to sound like Luke, man. Like Which with Luke? His cocky, Luke Rockhold
0: or Luke Thomas? Where are you going with this?
2: <laughs> Luke Rockhold with his cocky attitude about who he's supposed to fight and whatnot. I don't like this side of John. It's like, dude, we get it. You're the best ever. But like, if you're really looking for legacy fights, get the hell out of 205. Like, why are you still doing this stupid game with fans where you're asking them for fights, but then anytime they bring an opponent to you that you don't care and you'd think that they're beneath you? Well, yeah, they're beneath you. You're the GOAT. <laughs> like, none of these guys are going to be on your level yet until they play, they fight you and beat you if they do.
0: Yeah, I can't argue with that. I really can't. Uh, this is not becoming of the GOAT. You should be like, yeah, man, I'll fight them all, dude. I'll fight DC Steep. Here's what I don't want to happen. What I do want to happen... Is John to go to heavyweight? What I also do want to happen is if DC beats Stipe in August, that they do DC John Jones three. It's the biggest fight you can make in the sport, arguably besides maybe Habib Connor two. And I don't want that to be two at uh, two hundred five. That's a like if it has to be, it has to be. But come on, don't do that. Um, I I even want John to lie to us. You know, Floyd used to lie, Floyd Mayweather. And then fight, like, whoever he wanted. But he'd lie. I almost respect in combat sports liars who give us what we want, Brandon. Then people who are just like, ah, yeah, nobody knows that guy. Why would I fight him? Um, on the other hand about John Jones, I didn't know about this until I was on CBS Sports HQ this morning with my boy Tommy Tran. You know T.T.? You know my guy Tommy T.? Yes. gray hair part, right?
2: Yes. Fantastic hair in general.
0: Tommy T. told me he read... That John Jones fought in a passive style to a certain degree against Shago because, Brandon, he had watched his teammate Holly Holm get KTFO'd right before that. I didn't think about that at the time. Of course, a lot of people that week were talking about that Albuquerque parlay. I may or may not have bought in on that and came up empty (laughs) at the windows, uh, but I didn't think about that emotional connection there. You know, because uh, they're friends. They're very close. You know, Holly's divorced and John and her very close, it seems, on social media. Do you think there's any – would you put any stock in that, bro?
2: Yeah, it makes sense. It's the same kind of feeling where if Holly would have won, a lot of the coaches that are on Amanda's team were on Tiago's team as well. You know, like they're both ATT products with – they share a head coach and Conan, your boy. So – I could have seen that happening the other on the other side, too.
0: Does Conan Silvera have a nickname by any chance?
2: <laughs> I think it's just the one that you gave him.
0: All right, all right. Come on, it fits. It fits. Brazilian Trek, I mean, it's perfect. It is perfect. <laughs> wow, what a week for ATT, brother. What a week for your backyard. Um, Let's do anything else spinning off of 235. 23- oh, not related to 235, but John Lineker got cut, and one championship picked him up. Welcome to Singapore. You, you, you feeling that?
2: I like that. I think... What's his weight class going to be, though? That's my only question, because obviously he's had issues with his weight cut in the past, and they do the different types of hydration cut like system. So is he going to be like a 155-er there?
0: Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have I to would gu- I it. would
2: guess that would be his natural weight, quote unquote. That
0: just was weird to me, that whole exit. I'm sure there's more to the story. Uh, speaking of 239, Dana, yeah?
2: Sorry. Dana was the one who gave a quote after they made that decision this week and said that John was just very unprofessional in the way that he went about his business. So
0: whatever that means. Interesting. So um, here's what I'm going to say about Ben Askren. Y- you would think he's the big loser of UFC 239. He's, he, I mean, he got, we've said it in the reaction show. It's, it's an all-time epic moment, whether you think it's distasteful and disgraceful or amazingly awesome. The combination of the knockout in five seconds and Masvidal's celebration But, Brando, did you see and hear the way that Askren took that L and, surprisingly, two days later, shows up via Skype on Ariel Helwani's show and does, like, 36 minutes? I mean, look, Ariel's in such a power position in this business, and he deserves it. He's a day one-ish guy. He's a hard worker. So he gets these kind of exclusives. But even under the guise of um, if someone's going to get this interview, it's Ariel – I never would have guessed that Askren would do it on Skype, would do it two days later, and would in a lot of ways kind of make fun of himself and kind of praise George to a degree and be like, look, bro, this is why I teach my kids. You got to walk your losses down. You got to stand up and say, yeah, it happened. Now how am I going to fix it? How am I going to come back? I love that. Just like I love the way Conor McGregor dealt with the first Nate Diaz loss and said, I'm going to learn from this. You're going to see. I have to do this again at 170. I have to run it back right now. I love when people stand up to the L. This was an all-time stand-up to that L. And I don't know, by the way, how he he claims that he has no lingering effects from that. And if that's true, then that's beautiful. Thank you, Fight Gods. Because he says no headaches, no nothing. It was like it almost didn't happen. How do you – what's your take on this? That was some refreshing stuff top to bottom.
2: I thought his comments on Twitter, even like where he's like, quote, tweeting Heather Hardy saying like, this is bad, like the the trash talking and everything that went on back and forth. And he's like, yeah, I probably deserved it. (laughs) I was like, I mean, yeah, you did probably deserve it. But that's great. Like he did everything leading up to this fight and then post fight that you'd want as a promoter. Right. Like he helped you sell the crap out of that pay-per-view. People were more like we talked about before. People were more excited about that fight than really either the main event or co-main event. And it was because of the trash talk and like the perceived and real bad blood between them. So for him to come out and say, yeah, you know, like he gets he won. He gets to to celebrate however he wants, except for the fact that he said, I think it was that there's no like there's no way he could have planned on like making me hurt more. He said something along those lines where it's like, or I didn't want to hurt Ben to to a certain degree. And he's like, well, dude, did you not want to hurt me? Or did you want to hurt me? Because yeah, I,
0: I like that, that breakdown he had, which is basically, I didn't get him more angry than anyone else would be in a fight, trying to knock out the other guy and, end, and like end him from his consciousness to win. So I get that, but this is something that Luke Thomas had, had take, had a take he had given on his uh, Twitter and YouTube <coughs> channel. There are certain dudes in life, in the fight game, in your job, in society, at the train station, that you just don't poke the bear. And when you poke the bear of the people who are real, like
1: (sighs) Habib... If you want to find me, please just send me location. These people... Send me location. Thank you, thank
0: you. Okay, yeah, got it. These people will show up to that location and they will fight you. So I actually disagree with BA on that and say some people get better when they're angry and more ruthless and will figure out how to do things like that to you and might brawl with you after the fight like Habib or like Jorge did to Leon Edwards. So I do think there are lines, Brandon.
2: Hey, man, he said he's going to find them at Whole Foods one day. So just make sure you got the videos ready to go for that. Yes,
0: indeed. Yes. Um, I think that's all I have to say about 239. You?
2: You want to make some more Song dong jokes?
0: That's that's not acceptable. I've never made one in my life, <laughs> nor on, in front of a microphone. Okay, the Donger and I are great. You heard him on our podcast. Love that man. His, his mentor, Mr. Faber, oh, will be on the show today.
2: Do you want to talk about the Holly Holm stuff?
0: Well, I, we, you know, I'd made a passing comment when we talked in our instant reaction show about the idea of Dana White saying Holly should retire and pushing 38. If she can't get over the hump against the elite, maybe she should for stoppage loss. I said, is, the, are there, is there a boxing super fight we can make? You and I determined that Clarissa Shields probably too big. But I saw on BoxingScene.com, which, is by the way, is a CBS property. So shout out. To Rick Reno and the folks at Boxing Scene, a great website for up to the second boxing news, uh, that Katie Taylor, the Irish Olympian and rising women's star at lightweight, 135 in the boxing game, is interested potentially in Holm. Now they did say in the story that Holmes KO loss somewhat mutes that idea. But I wonder if that's a possibility. I don't know Holmes' contract status, but if she she obviously was a boxing champion at a time when no one cared about women's boxing, then was a major part in the rousy-fueled rise of women's MMA, it may be nice for her to brand and to go back and collect a couple paydays if possible. And you consider Katie Taylor, someone we didn't think of at the time, is in her weight class in boxing. So is Michaela Mayer, the top-ranked uh, women's unbeaten prospect who fights on ESPN a lot. I don't know, man. Why not, right?
2: So when we talked about it at first, I was kind of like, no, why would she do that? That seems like a really bad idea. She's older now. She's taken more damage in UFC fights than she had in her boxing career. And really, at the time, I was like, that's just like, why? But now I'm thinking about it more and more. She's become such a star now that if she goes to women's boxing right now, it's going to help that brand in that sport, I think. I think it would help like – a rising tide lifts all boats scenario where people are going to care about women's boxing if she's involved so i think for those kinds of reasons and like you said getting a nice payday out of it i would i would understand her deciding to do that
0: what about the synergy potentially i'm just spitballing here all right all right let me belch a little okay um ufc is Oh god. What? What? I didn't say anything. Don't oh god me, alright? Well it's not going I hit any creepy buttons on our um on our soundboard.
1: I could be fat, I could not have a six pack, but my dick works. My dick works.
0: Yes, it does. It works very well. All right. Um ESPN has big time money invested in both UFC and top rank. What if they did like a Holly Holm Michaela Mayer and made it a giant deal on ESPN? That's a rating grabber, Brandon.
2: Does she have the drawing
0: power yet, Michaela? No. Not on. No, no. So this
2: would be this would be using Holly Star power to try and get her some some shine.
0: Yes, yes. Michaela, a slick boxer, not a lot of power, but is tall and long for her division. And Katie Taylor by the way fights under the DAZN Brandt, uh streaming app in the yeah. US. So interesting stuff there. That's all I want to talk about from 239. You? That's it, bro. All right. That's all I got. That's that's it. That's it. We're going to move on. Move on. Let's talk about more fun things. Move on. All right. Let's talk about Colby Covington. So this broski was on the um, Ariel Hawani show this week, and he mogged it out. He let it out. He did all the things. But he talked very sharply and in-depthly about Robbie Lawler's exit from ATT American Top Team, Coconut Creek, Florida, your backyard down there. And kind of basically said, I'm the captain of this team, meaning Colby Covington. I'm the guy who brought the UFC title to the White House for the first time. I'm the leader in that locker room. Robbie Lawler betrayed us when he left. And he only left because, according to Colby, ATT put up a... And you saw this there, right? They have these giant photos. Frame, I don't know if they're framed, but they're giant blown-up photos on the wall of its gym members in big moments. Even our boy, the great King Mo, is up there with his Risen title after winning a tournament. King Mo, where are you? In your house, right?
1: In my home. This is my home, right? This is American Top Team. Don't, you, don't disrespect me in my home.
0: Well, ATT did not disrespect you, King Mo. They put your picture up, but they also put one up of Tyron Woodley, who does some time at ATT. But specifically, Brandon, from his knockout of Robbie Lawler at UFC 201 to win the UFC title. Colby said to Ariel, Robbie upset at that, went to Dan Lambert, had a big argument. That's why Robbie left ATT and betrayed his teammates. That's some serious stuff, bro. Before we hear Robbie Lawler's reaction to that, what you got? What you got, bro?
2: I just don't understand how it's a betrayal of teammates. Like if you have an issue with a teammate and you don't like that, he's getting more shine than you. then yeah, you're going to be mad about it. Like, dude, you're memorializing a defeat that you had. Like I completely understand Robbie saying the hell with this. I'm going to go train somewhere else. I, I, I don't got time to stand here and watch my, like remember a defeat of mine. Like that's kind of mean, <laughs> you know, Especially for a guy like Robbie, who's been in the game for so long, to have that moment, like after he had been a champion for a while at 170, memorialized up there, like I get it.
0: Bro, Robbie turned pro in 2001, made his yep. UFC debut in at UFC 37, 17 years ago. I'm not even sure Macy Barber was born yet when he when he turned pro. That's insane.
2: So just to go off of what you're saying about, we're gonna hear from Robbie in a second. Pat Militich quote tweeted Ariel Helwani's tweet of the Colby interview from yesterday and said, Robbie doesn't talk trash, but he has been known to hospitalize everyone who does. Keep feeding the monster, Colby. Yeah,
0: well, I would not disagree <laughs> with that. As we know, the great soundbite from the great Robbie Lawler one time said on Atlanta local TV in 2016 talking about Conor
3: McGregor. Because if I heard him, I wasn't taking his neck. What were you going to take? His soul.
0: Wow! Wow, brother, I get into that with him in this interview coming up. Uh, one thing I didn't get into though was that they asked Ariel asked Colby about, "Hey, have you sparred Robbie?" And Colby said, "Yeah, yeah, tons of times." And Ariel's like, "Well, what happened? Who got the better of it?" And Colby quickly said, "I, you know, I don't tell. A, a real man doesn't tell about that." No, I get that that's gym code, Brandon, not to tell. And that's something I forgot and didn't ask Robbie, by the way. So spoiler alert, not getting that answer right now. BC sweating bullets atop that building this morning. But Brandon, um, I kind of feel like, isn't it on brand for Colby to either lie or to tell what happened and be like, yeah, man, I took him down like like crazy. I destroyed him. Or did do you think it was the opposite and that's his only way of sort of presenting that?
2: Uh, I mean... Is he known to be lying about these kinds of things?
0: He's kind of known to be lying about a lot of things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I know some of what you're talking about, but I don't know, man. I, I feel like there's a piece of truth and then Colby expands on it. You know, like there's probably a particle of this that's – or a morsel that's true. And then Colby makes up the rest of the story and then creates this monster now that is probably going to – end him in a few weeks
1: (laughs) wow
0: early prediction early spoiler alert hey let's get into it right now it's your august 3rd headliner on espn former champion he's ruthless it's hot and sweaty he's on a new york rooftop with your boy coming at you right now it's robbie waller oh yeah enjoy The skyline of Manhattan behind us. Things are about to get ruthless on this rooftop with former UFC welterweight champion Robbie Lawler ahead of your August 3rd return. Newark, New Jersey across the river against Colby Covington on ESPN. Robbie, true or false, doing these media rounds, maybe not your favorite thing ever in the world.
3: Yeah, I don't really enjoy this too much, but uh, everyone I've been working with today has done a great job of, of carrying me.
0: All right, I'm going to put you in the hot seat, not just the hot sun under you today, but you're going in there against a true trash talker, a troll in Colby Covington, and there's a little bit of soap opera, a little bit of drama. Not sure if you saw his appearance Monday on ESPN's Ariel Helwani show, but he said this is more than just a fight. There's a beef here. There's a betrayal in terms of your exit from American Top Team. How do you
3: react to that? I don't. I just let him tell whatever story he wants, and I just show up and fight. All right. Well, then let's go on the record here. He says his words.
0: A framed photo of Tyron Woodley's victory over you for the UFC title in 26 was on the wall of ATT, and that led to your exit.
3: <laughs> That's funny. I'm, I'm just being me, and I'm not too worried about what anything anybody thinks. No hard feelings for you and ATT in the long run. None. No, nope. I just moved moved another direction and moved on. Well, I love that, Robbie, because you've always been
0: about business and fighting, and not even really about business. Just no trash talk, no nothing. It's about getting there. It's about honor. So when you're facing off against the guy in Colby Covington in a hot division, you know this guy's a talker. You know he's a troll. What are your real feeling, feelings? What
3: are your real thoughts on him? Um, I'm not too worried about what he's up to and what he's doing. Uh, I just need to focus on myself, train, make sure I'm in shape, make sure uh, I'm doing all the right things, and uh, get ready for this fight. All right, you have may not love
0: making the rounds here on the media, but you've delivered some gems in your past. Let me revisit your 2016 collaboration with that Atlanta TV station. Remember they asked you about Conor McGregor? You said, I'm not here to take this guy's neck. You remember what you said next?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. It was different guy, different time. So are you, you said for the record, I'm here to take
0: his soul, and we as media guys popped, we started laughing. Do you have that same sort of intentions or ill will for Colby August 3rd in Newark?
3: No, I don't have any ill will. It's just it's just the way I fight, and uh, I'm ferocious when I'm out there trying to take people's heads off, get knockouts, and it's just uh, how I've always fought. All right, this
0: division I mentioned, kind of hot right now, to say the least. You're a big name in it. We just saw UFC 239 in Las Vegas this past weekend, a wild card with a wild fight, contributing one of the all-time weirdest, wildest, craziest moments in Jorge Masvidal's five-second KO of Ben Askren considering that's a fight that's kind of competing for the idea that somebody's going to get the next shot at Kamaru Usman. Tell me about your experience watching that and what you thought.
3: Um, that was very exciting. I've uh, trained with Masvidal, been on a lot of cards with him. <clears throat> very excited for him. Uh, he's fought a long time. He's a true fighter, and um, I'm excited for him. You may not be a big trash
0: talker. He certainly is. There seemed to be real bad blood between him and Ben Askren. Are you okay with the theatrics that came along with that flying knee and sort of the taunting and a lot of people say, and that's the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen?
3: I think he's less of a trash talker. I'm thinking he's more of a when everything gets said and done, then he, then he talks after all the business is done. But I don't think he's a huge trash talker. All right.
0: He looked great in his fight. Colby Covington said if he beats you, there's no question about it. He's getting the next title shot. Not Jorge Masvidal. You're certainly gonna entering this fight thinking
3: you're gonna win. Are you thinking the same thing? A win equals a shot at Kamaru. I mean, that's you you never know what's gonna happen, but pretty much I have to get ready every day and make sure I get past Colby and, and uh that's it. See what happens. All right, from a stylistic standpoint, Colby's an aggressive wrestler. You're a ruthless striker. How's this fight gonna play out? What's it gonna look like in there? Um, I think it's going to be a battle. Uh, two guys going at it. Uh, he's going to try to push me around and, and dictate pace and uh, get in my face and try to grind me out. I have to uh, put my hands on him and uh, stay busy. You certainly can't deny what Colby has done getting to
0: the level of the interim title, beating some big names there. Do you subscribe to the theory, though, when it comes to facing the true elites, which you are, that he's a little bit too one-dimensional as a wrestler? Can he strike with you if needed?
3: Um, I don't really listen to other people's theories. I mean, he's going to be well-prepared. comes from a good camp. Uh, he's beat a lot of guys, and so I have to be sharp in all aspects. So I'm sure he's going to be standing up, mixing his takedowns, and doing everything top to bottom. How interior
0: you are you on the projection of the politics? Kamaro Usman is the champion right now. Looked great beating Tyron Woodley. He's injured. We don't really know when he's going to come back. He told the media this past weekend, I will be back in 2019, and if I had one guy to pick... I want the ruthless one. I want Robbie Lawler, brother. If Kamaru can't make it soon, would you be into the idea of an interim title fight? Would you be in the idea of a violence-on-violence matchup with Jorge Masvidal if needed? How do you sort of look at the future, even beyond August 3rd?
3: Um, We'll see what happens. i uh, have to get past that one fight, and uh, that's it. The uh, UFC kind of decides all those things, but... I know a lot of these guys personally, so uh, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when it happens.
0: Well, as the sweat drips from our forehead atop this rooftop, if I'm imagining the idea of what a Robbie Lawler, three-piece in a soda, Jorge Masvidal fight looks like, my insides start
3: to make feelings and happenings and noises and rumbles. Does it do the same for you? Uh, You just hope he doesn't bring the whole buffet. So uh, he's doing a great job and uh, more power to him, and I'm excited for him. And I'm going to keep doing what I do is just go out there and try to beat people up. All right, you had a fight with Ben Askren, obviously, in your last bout. It's a
0: loss, but it was controversial with the bulldog choke. Did you tap? Did you pass out? Could you give us your breakdown of what actually happened in that one?
3: Um, I kind of told everyone what happened. Uh, Herb checked my freaking arm. I gave him the thumbs up obviously he wasn't paying close attention to that and uh, called it prematurely and it happens I mean uh, first of all I put myself in that position so uh, hats off to Ashken but uh, what can I can control is how I got in that position how I cannot get I don't want to get back in that position so it's just one of those things you live and learn and and try to get better it was a mistake on my part but uh, I definitely wasn't out and shit happens.
0: I mean you were completely humble in the post-fight interview which I respect the decision was what it was did you take any I don't want to say celebration because that's not your style but did you take any good feelings Askren gets the win over you then he takes a devastating loss now you're sort of elevated past him in the ladder on getting back to that title shot.
3: No I wasn't too worried about that as soon as I got done with my last fight with Askren I just went back to how can I get better And, and that's what I always focus on everyone's focused on This guy, that guy, how can I get here or there instead of focusing on themselves and getting better? And uh, there's a lot of areas I need to get better, and I'm going to continue to do it.
0: All right, you're 37, but you still got it. I mean, you dropped Ben Askren on his damn head, if you will, and I know you did, and you still will. So how do you feel against all these young Lions these days? How has the evolution of Robbie Lawler, which— was a great story from strike force to a UFC world title. But how about the last few years? I know you took a
3: break after the Tyra Woodley loss. How are you feeling right now in general? I feel pretty good. I mean, it's hot up here. But uh, other than that, I mean, i just working hard and uh, trying to get better and taking care of my body and uh, helping these young, young up-and-comers up- uh, get, be- get better so that they can help me get better. So it's all about a give and take with these new fighters, and they're helping me. I'm helping them.
0: All right, all right. Well, your evolution, I mentioned, was always a great story because you were this fun brawler with Strikeforce. Yes, you won a title with Elite XC back when Gary Shaw was wearing those full sweatsuits. Oh, I know yeah. we all remember those days. Oh, yeah. But you returned to Newark for the first time in 17 years on August 3rd, going back to Elite XC, your first fight with Scott Smith, 2002. What kind of memories you have from those days?
3: Uh, I'm not sure those dates, but... Uh, oh, 2008. I'm sorry. 2008 yeah. was that fight. So, I mean... I've fought a lot of places. Uh, it's business as usual. It could be outside, in the backyard. It could be down the street. It doesn't really matter. I just show up and fight, and uh, it's just an octagon, and uh, it's going to be me and Kobe.
0: My reference to 17 years ago, 2002, is your UFC debut. Yep. UFC 37, I believe. You came in, I mean, at a time that that's really prehistoric almost to be comparison to where we are today, 2019, billion-dollar ESPN deals. How much do you think back of that? You came in and, and it's back then, and you're still
3: going today. Um, I just had a lot of good people around me uh, teach me the ropes, and uh, I was blessed enough to uh, always want to work on my body and make sure I'm taking care of myself, and uh, just continuing to do that, uh, take care of myself, and, and stay smart and train smart. I mentioned Kamaru Usman. was mentioned your
0: name as a guy. He'd like to fight for the title. What was your opinion of...
3: His victory over
0: Tyron Woodley and him now standing as the new UFC welterweight champion.
3: Um, He's doing a great job. He's a very strong athlete. Uh, he broke uh, T. Wood down really well, uh, imposed his will, and pretty much won start to finish of that fight. And uh, Hell of a competitor. He's a very smart fighter who uh, breaks people down. You were supposed to, of course, rematch Tyron Woodley a couple weeks ago. fight fell through. Woodley's hurt.
0: How much do you still want that fight from the idea of retribution getting back what was lost at ufc 201 when he lost the world title
3: um i think it's a big fight uh not because of anything you said because he's the number one ranked guy in uh the world uh second in line so it's a big fight as far as getting you up there but it is what it is you live and learn in life and uh from that loss, I uh, was able to learn a lot of stuff, clean up a lot of aspects and that I needed to clean up, and uh, everything's a learning experience, and I'm getting better. I'm up here on top of the roof, so I won't hold you much longer with this beautiful view of Manhattan behind us. You'll be coming back, of course,
0: across the river July 3rd in Newark. So, Robbie Lawler at 37, still pretty damn ruthless. We love watching the highlights of the McDonald brawls and all that great stuff,
3: but why are you still in it? What is still motivating you today? I love competing. I love getting better. I love pushing myself every day. And I, I love uh, fighting all these youngsters and uh, pushing myself to the limit uh, to be, be the best I can be.
0: All right. Final thoughts here as we enter ESPN August 3rd. I know you don't want to get in the Colby Covington drama. I know you don't want to return his trash talk fire with your own or play up any kind of bad exit from ATT. But you have a message for this guy, for the MAGA champion of the world the former interim belt holder, Colby Covington. Nope. Tough words from a tough man. We'll see him back in that cage. I will get a sweat rag. August 3rd on ESPN, headlining Robbie Lawler back. Maybe that close to another title shot. Can't wait to see it. Thanks so much, Robbie. Thank you. Oh, yeah, we're back. Hey, special thanks to Robbie Lawler for joining me. Brando, I love him because it's, Like, pull no punches, dude. I'm Robbie Lawler. I like fighting people. Not for the money. Not for the fame. Not for the trash talk. Because I'm a ruthless competitor deep inside. I think that was more charismatic of a Lawler than normal. And I think it was kind of on brand for him to straight up no-sell every single thing Colby said. And basically say, nope, didn't happen that way. Nope, nope, nope. Off camera, I, I pushed it a little deeper. And he basically said, look, man. I know the real story about what happened to ATT. My family knows it. ATT knows it. It's really not that big of a deal. Everybody's cool. I'm fine with ATT. And everything Colby's saying is not true. And why would I fire back at them? Colby's trying to win some mental game against me. If I just don't respond, it's no longer a game. That was pretty interesting.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is like the paradigm of... Kind of what John Jones and Tiago Santos went through last week where Tiago Tiago is not going to be baited into a war of words with John Jones at all. And John Jones says whatever he wants and then there's not really a response there. So I get it. Like he's – I mean he's ruthless Robbie Lawler. Like this has always been how he handles things. Even with the Tyron Woodley fight, he didn't do any of that – like he did that sound bite (laughs) that – now lives in infamy in the lead up, but he didn't go back and forth with Ro- with Tyron. Like Tyron said what he needed to say. And Robbie was just like, whatever, let's go fight.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, that's what he's really about. And it's like, you know, I pushed him a couple of times, you know, like, are you going to take Colby's soul? Are you mad? blah blah blah. He's like, no, just, just you know, it's a fight. And I'm going to go out there and, and and fight really hard. And it's like, can't hate on that guy, man. He's, <laughs> he's old. He's an old school warrior. And it is, by the way, insane to really think about. I mean, he was back in the prehistoric. I know guys like Vitor, Vitor Belfort and Chael Sonnen who are still lingering, like, actually legitimately debuted in, like, the mid to late 90s back when people were wearing boots and there were no rules. But, like, Robbie Lawler in 2002, not that far removed from that. With hair, too. Yes. Yes. Very true. Very true. Indeed. Thank you, Robbie Lawler. You're picking Robbie Lawler by, by murder. I know it.
2: Uh, I don't know yet. Right. I might take Colby. All right, bro. If he was a girl, you would say he has a Madonna dog. <laughs> this dude's got some thick legs.
0: He does. The former Is that champ... in reference to the former champ got thick legs, bro. I don't. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you the reasoning behind these these random sound bites. I'm a white boy and I'm jacked. Deal with it. Deal with my soundboard, Brandon. All right. All right. My soundboard works. Thank you. that got. that got
2: half of your description right.
0: Oh God. I'm, uh, dude, that light, I'm so close to hitting that light switch because the my in, the inside of my body, like what makes the person change, Brandon? <laughs> what makes a person wake up and say, today's the day? I don't fool around. It's not day 1A or B anymore. It's actually day 1-ish. I need to change. It's up to us as a people to start making some changes, right? Let's change the way we eat. Let's change the way we treat each other. You see, the old way wasn't working. So it's on us to do what we got to do.
2: Is this a Ren song?
0: No, that's that's the uh, the legend um, Tupac Shakur. I don't know if that was probably before your. I think you were you were born in like 1998. It was probably before your time, by the way. Anyway, Brandon, um, I don't know what makes a man change. For me today, though, it's intense odds that is really saying to me, change or die. Which really is on brand with our sparring match. Hashtag Campbell Wise survive or die
2: you can't be the a-side if you haven't started training
0: brandon i don't need that long and by the way the closer i can get to death the more <laughs> real this fight will feel do you know that all right. And right i'm pretty close i'm pretty close okay right okay. Now. okay i'm like john jones i sound like sean combs and i got trombone sized stones like
1: john holmes
0: okay thank you that's all i got all right. Uh, Brandon, what else we got in the uh, in the news cycle? You got anything for me? You you want to tell me about your life, your, your dog, Ryder, anything?
2: You want to get to some DM slides?
0: Yeah, yeah. What do you got this week? What do you got? Let's break down. Let's hear from the people. What do you got?
2: Here, here's the first one for you uh, from our buddy at the False Hope. Does it, BC wait, really look that, like a that? ninth grade PE teacher?
0: Oh, how dare you? <laughs> Who is the at the False Hope? That's not quality bloke, right?
2: No, that's your other friend who you did not understand his uh Twitter name. Alright. Um that it was an inside joke.
0: B C looks like a uh, ninth grade gym teacher. Not cool. Not true.
2: Yeah. It's it's pretty yeah. accurate. B C's
0: gonna be forty one this month. Alright? Give me uh, a couple months. I, I,
2: I I know another forty-one-year-old that works with us that doesn't look anything like Stop you. It.
0: He's of he's of a different cloth, all right. But I will I will reach his cloth. I will touch his cloth. Whoa, all right? whoa! I will, I will. Whoa. Okay, I did, I did. I I just said it. Okay, all right. Um, no, BC doesn't. look – BC is cool. Like this guy, BC, a little washed right now. I can't lie to you, right? Got, like as as our boss Karen Portley would say, a little bit of shelving I'm building up, right on, on the. Uh, <laughs> On the chest and and stomach area, but it's it's all going away. It's really basically what makes a man change. Sweating balls on a rooftop in the summer. As you as you drip through your dress shirt and you remind yourself, well, I'm not in great shape right now. Like Robbie Lawler, he was so hot after this interview, just took his shirt right off. All right. Mm -hmm. This guy didn't. And now it's time that I get back to that point. All right. Thank you. Then okay. then you worry about me coming in that sparring ring, okay? <laughs> okay?
2: <laughs> Whatever you say, buddy. Hey, okay,
0: bro, get ready. The shirt's coming off. But black folks love me, man. Black girls love me, too, man. I get hit on by black girls all the time.
2: I be like, ooh, I be showing my nipple. I be doing my nipple dance.
0: I got a nipple dance coming for you inside Please that Please keep room. your
2: shirt on while we're doing pretty, this podcast.
0: Pretty soon. All right, what else are the people saying this week?
2: Uh, our boy Dylan Hager hit us up and said, with – Nico Montano and Jermaine Duranamy both fighting this weekend. He's got to know who had the more disappointing run as champ.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh, which which fart smells worse. That's really what, what Dylan Hager's <laughs> asking right there. Wow, bro. Um, so to recap, Jermaine Durandamy actually outpointed the great Holly Holm over five boring rounds in Brooklyn, and then was stripped for her refusal to fight Cyborg due to PED fears and a want-to-rehab-an-injury. Then there's Nico Montano, who, through up string of upsets, wins the ultimate fighter, gets a chance to fight for the title. Who'd she beat? Was it Roxy? Was it Roxy Modifari? Uh, was it? I think she beat Roxy. And then she got she stripped for, what, missing weight in her first title defense? And now we'll never hear from her again. Um, I will say the worst by far here is Nico Montano, because Jermaine Durand and me At least, Brandon, was a fighter you had kind of almost heard of before that. You knew about her kickboxing uh, pedigree, her history there, and she beat Holly Holm, right? Both got screwed. I think Montanio got screwed more, but was certainly a far less believable champion and really both banged the drum that, hey, UFC— You don't have the talent or depth to put out these divisions, and you rushed both of them as well, which is why history will tell us that Germaine Durandami and Nico Montano once wore the strap.
2: So just a full full circle on Nico. She did beat Roxanne in December 2017, unanimous decision to claim the flyweight title, was then scheduled to fight Soraya Eubanks. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Soraya, Soraya is the one who pulled out of that fight. That's why she fought Roxanne. But then she was scheduled to fight Valentina last December, last September. At no, UFC no, Soraya
0: didn't pull out. Montano missed weight and got hospitalized and couldn't make the fight. Then Soraya got plugged in, and then she missed weight, but still beat Roxy in New York. All okay. right. That's, Are you sure? Yeah, man. Roxanne right wow I just Peter Brady <laughs> Jeez.
2: anyway um, yeah so then she was supposed to fight Valentina last September and then got hospitalized the day of the fight I think it was or or at weigh-ins or at weigh-ins sorry yeah yeah so then she was stripped of the belt and has never fought has not fought since she has not fought in a UFC fight since beating Matafari on December 1st 2017
0: yeah the answer is Nico God bless her. Yep. You got anything? One else? more. Yeah. What do you one got? One
2: more. Our producer, the great Mikey Mormile. I love that guy. Came, came over the top. He said, "What does Amanda Nunes need to do to pass John Jones in goat talk?"
0: It's a, it's a fair conversation here. Um, let's let's have that legitimate conversation. We tease that on our reaction show. What, what, what would she have to do? Because I think it's separate from pound for pound. I don't think men's and women's pound for pound should be together because. That pound for pound is like the mythical idea. If they all fought, right? They're not going to fight, all right. Women's suffrage is a real thing. Women can vote, they can drive cars, they can fight. But until men and women are fighting each other, it's not uh, weird, you know. But in the the goat talk is different. It's a little bit more about it's a little bit more about accomplishment based. Um, it's going to be hard because the women's game is so new. And because it's so new, the talent pool is so shallow of depth, of quality. I mean, by the day, by the way, Ronda Rousey's great reign. Like, you're never going to take away from Ronda Rousey the impact she had on the sport, bringing women to the forefront. It's only because of her that there's a UFC women's game, of course. But day by day, her reign looks less and less because the sport's evolving and people are getting better. Just like Hoist Gracie, by the way. True legend. But no one's taught, and I know that, He had a little bit different because it was open weight, so it was a little more dangerous. But those guys had no chance against him, right? Yeah. So it's that same way. But yet, even with that as your long-winded foundation, Brandon, I will tell you that Nunes has destroyed everybody she's been in the damn cage with, with the exception of Shevchenko, and yet she beat her twice. So she's kind of done everything we would have wanted. She's gotten better. She's destroying. Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> I'm not pointing at you. Did I, do I have a, a, a bougar. What do I have going on? <laughs> Mario
2: was walking by.
0: That, that 41-year-old Mario? Yeah. I'm Tell yeah. him I'm coming yeah. for him, too. All right. Thank you. All right. Um, no, don't, actually, do not tell that man. That, that man's actually <laughs> trying to train for a fight right now. Don't go near that man. Anyway, Brandon, what would she have to do? She's kind of doing everything possible in her power. She not only cleaned out, uh, cleaned out her division... Beat every possible legend, moved up and fought the greatest of all time at the time, Cyborg. And even tried to move down and cut some weight to see if it's possible that she could take Shevchenko's belt. So what else could she do to pass Jones? She'd have to linger for a long time. And she'd have to never lose again. And she'd have to continue to evolve and get better, which she's doing, which is amazing. And she'd have to basically get busy with both titles and beat every person that's eligible to fight her. And at the same time, women's MMA in those two divisions would have to quickly get into the reproductive phase and produce some names or more credible fighters for her to beat. No, not that type of reproduction. I mean, what, is, what the hell The hell is wrong with you, okay? <laughs> number four, number five here, um, I don't know if it's going to happen, Brandon. I mean, John Jones is amazing. And... His run is the longer and more impressive. And he's eventually going to move up to heavyweight. And guess what, Brandon? You ready for this? You ready for me to tell you some freaking truth? Bro. Speak it, bro. When John Jones moves up to heavyweight, he's going to beat all of those guys.
3: Uh, it's going to look
0: like... Roy Jones against John Ruiz when he moved up to heavyweight. Will there always be danger? Yes. It's heavyweight MMA with four-ounce gloves. But he has the size. More importantly, he has the smarts. He certainly has the speed. He's got a longer reach than all those guys. He kicks way better than all those guys. When that guy moves up, he's going to put distance in that goat talk. Distance between him and Spider Silva, GSP, Fedor, Daniel Cormier, Demetrius Johnson, and Amanda Nunez, who all currently have a seat at the big table. Not the big boy table, the big person table. Okay, Amanda, welcome to immortality. Thank you. You've done great. I do not think you can catch John Jones unless this man starts imploding and losing and damaging his reputation. Your thoughts wise
2: okay so you want me to give you thoughts after you just went on like a three and a half minute rant
0: because that's what we do on podcasts all right
2: (laughs) okay so i'm gonna go back a little bit to your comparisons for ronda rousey at this point and where she fits in history you think she's gracie i would say she's closer to chuck liddell just because of the impact that she had the crossover stardom that she was the next quote unquote crossover athlete from UFC that made an impact on the sport. Um but yeah, I think Amanda is at the point where, like you said, she's gonna need to linger. But I just don't like we put John Jones up there and we say that he might be hurting his legacy by fighting Johnny Walker weirdos and well, not hurting it.
0: just 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 lateraling
2: it. But it's Her- not it's not doing anything, right? So how would how would it be this, any different for Amanda to just keep fighting Aspen Lads or Jermaine Durandomies or Soraya Ubankses you know, like, how is that helping her legacy at all when she's already beaten everybody? You know, to me, like, that's the only thing is like, we're only going to make her legacy grow, quote unquote, if she's beating more former champions or current champions. It's, but she's already got both belts, you know, I, I really don't know. What more she's gonna need to do, but I do agree with you that if she is going to make it bigger and better, it's only gonna happen once the divisions get deeper and there's more th- real threats to her and her power. Because at this point, I, there's just there's nobody with the power, skill, or agility and speed that's gonna keep like do anything to make her feel threatened. I don't think
0: that's fair. She's almost sealing doubt without other competition available she's teammates you say with kayla harrison the (coughs) lightweight phenom yeah she could probably fight shevchenko a third time at 35 and i'd be here for it let's get a rematch going with cyborg all that stuff that's it that's the bottom line yes are you ready to get on to this weekend's festivities brandon yes sir is there a bellator card this weekend? On ain't, Friday, yeah, ain't actually. Ain't there like a Julia Budd main evented Bellator card
2: in uh, your favorite Thackersville, oh, Oklahoma? God,
0: can I bring in Keith Thurman to tell you about that? About what I feel about that? Yes or no?
2: You should just go ahead and do it.
0: All right, you got to give me more time. Okay. <laughs> um, regarding this Bellator card this weekend, sounded boring. Let everybody talk about it the next day. Still sounded boring. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All, right. All that build up All right. for that crap right there. All right.
2: So you got G- Julia Budd against Olga Rubin in the main event for the featherweight world title.
0: You got to watch out for Olga. She's got childbearing hips. You got to be careful, okay? I have no idea what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You've got Rafael Carval- Carvalho against Chidi and Joe Oh, I, I think
0: like I said that, dude. That, right. could, that guy bangs. All right.
2: Middleweight co-main event. Juliana Velasquez against Christina Williams. Women's flyweight feature fight. Okay. And your boy, Ed Ruth, is back.
0: I want to see that. I want to see that.
2: Kichi Kunimoto.
0: Oh, yeah. That guy will be driving the Uber on the way home to <laughs> Ed Ruth as well. Uh, PFL this Thursday. PFL 4 in Atlantic City. Magomed, Magomed Karamov. Yes. In, in your main event. All right. Let's get into. But also,
2: and uh, Kayla Harrison's on that card as
0: well. Oh, she is. All right, I will watch that. She's coming yes. off of that decision win, in which I guess she was unhappy with her performance. I'll watch that-ish. But this Saturday, UFC Sacramento takes over ESPN+, Plus. Brandon. And we have the co-main eventer, the hometown boy, the California kid, the UFC Hall of Famer, and the reason why people will watch this card on this podcast his name is the great mr faber Uriah Serija you you you, you Faber coming at you right now from international fight week it's yours to enjoy sure. the ageless wonder Uriah Faber back from the UFC Hall of Fame, back from retirement next Saturday night. You'll be back on the card in Sacramento against Ricky Simone.
1: How are you feeling about this idea? Man, I feel great. I I mean, the fight life is a tough life, absolutely. And uh, you get reminded of that as soon as you get back in the mix on a full-time purpose, let go. Of course, being in the gym every day is one thing. Being present at practice is another thing, but actually getting in practice and mixing it up. Uh it's tough on the body and cutting weight and everything else. It's it's been uh you know, it's a love hate relationship. I, I definitely love the process and, and enjoy a lot of things about it, but you're also getting beat up. So um I'm excited, man. You're not coming back against quote unquote an old name that you can make a fun fight against. You're going in there against
0: a hungry young guy who has a bright future. Tell me about the the, the choice in picking Simone as an opponent.
1: Well, I don't pick my opponent, so they after, they actually offered me Cron uh, Gracie first as the main event at 145 pounds, and um, you know that sounded interesting. Uh, he he didn't end up winning the fight, and and in all reality, if I want to be most competitive, it's at 135 pounds. And I had kind of prepped for that with a grappling match where I was making 145 first, and and. uh and so there's a couple other names, but at the end of the day, aside from the guys that are on my team or suspended, uh, there aren't like a massive, you know, massive names unless I want to jump up a weight, and I've done that before in the past. So I, I like a hungry kid that I, that I respect. I-, I like him as, an- as a fighter, as an individual. He actually came and trained with us about six years ago, and I remember him as a person, not as his training per se. And uh, it's going to be a tough fight, man. Very tough fight. What brings you back the
0: most? I'm sure the answer in the end is a little bit of everything. Nice paychecks, challenge yourself. But really,
1: what's the one thing that drives you back into the cage? Just following my heart. You know, when when I start thinking that I want to fight and I'm getting the itch to fight, uh, it's the same reason why I stopped when I was trying to find the motivation. I actually got super excited for the last fight. It was, you know, going out as a retirement fight in my hometown the first one in the new arena and for me it's just about I do what I want and uh, right now I feel like I want to fight all right the time away you became a father for
0: the first time congratulations how much did that time do mentally to rewire you to to
1: rebuild you to come back um i've i've never had trouble getting motivated but having a a brand new baby that's looking at you every day is definitely a different type of purpose and different type of motivation and and so um you know, it's it's different, it really is. And and I don't necessarily think it's it's gonna give me super superhuman powers, but as far as getting me motivated and making me want to fight, uh, I think probably has something to do with it.
0: If you get your hand raised in Sacramento against Ricky Simone and you're back, are we gonna hear a little bit of T J Dillashaw, get your ish together in the post fight interview?
1: <laughs> you know, Uh, It's it's so I I get asked about TJ Dillashaw probably more than anyone else. And I had to put my phone and ignore media for like a week and a half after he got busted. Um, And I finally made some comments about it. But at the end of the day, Henry Cejudo just called me out. You know, he's one of the best fighters on the planet. Olympic champion, two time UFC champion to get yourself revved up. Fighting someone who may be one of the best ever is a, is a very exciting proposition. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. TJ's still year and a half out. Um, I'll be 41 and a half at the time. Who knows? I don't know if I'll be reverse aging at that time, but uh, probably not.
0: Mr. Faber, as the great States Northcutt, would tell you, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck on the comeback in Sacramento. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the fights. All right. Special thanks to Mr. Faber. Brandon, I love... When guys take a break from the sport, get some... Because, you know, this sport, it doesn't always pay enough. It forces you to stay really active. Great for fans. Not always great for fighters. They fight through injuries. They do a lot of craziness. But sometimes they take a break. And I know Faber's a little bit of a different case because he's old. He retired. He's already in the hall because they don't wait. You can retire tomorrow. They'll put you in the hall the next night, basically. But he's 40 years old and he sounds... looks. And seems to feel reborn by the break, yet he's taken on a tough man in Ricky Simone, who's kind of a riser at Bantamweight. What are your thoughts on Faber's interview, and whether we should all hold out hope here that this is anything but, hey, let's see if I still got it.
2: I have very little expectations for him in this fight, man. I... I understand what you're saying about it. it's good that you see some guys take time off and, and make their way back. But he didn't show me anything in his last few fights that gave me any indication he can compete at the elite level anymore. Like it was it wasn't sad to watch because he wasn't getting stopped and finished and all that. But he just clearly wasn't winning fights. You know, like he was just out there and getting outpointed. I think who did he beat in his last fight? His uh, farewell fight. Was it that uh, a weird cowboy? Brian Brad, Pickett, yeah.
3: Brad Pickett, yeah.
2: Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I, I think Ricky Simone is somebody that he's probably not taking seriously enough. Like, Ricky Simone is legitimately good fighter. And I don't know if he's under the impression that he just thinks he's going to walk through Ricky Simone. Because didn't he – he said he handpicked him kind of, right? Like, they kind of just
0: presented no, him a the options. No, he said he was to pick his fights, but he didn't have a problem with it. You know, I would have thought he was going to come back against a veteran, a Cub Swanson type. We've had this argument before, but – um, he's helping them to move tickets here. I just don't get in heck how he's not in the main event. And you can sit and certainly argue and say, BC, what do you want, a 40-year-old guy who's been off for three years almost to come back in a five-round main event? No, I don't think every main event should be five rounds. I think when Bellator puts Chael Sonnen out there in the main event and they go three, it makes sense. But I'm into this fight. I want to see if he still has it. I don't know where the end game would be at. Well, actually, I do because you heard him in that interview. He said Henry Cejudo called him out. So he kind of does have reason, Brandon, to be the best he can at 40 to beat Ricky Simone, which will be a tough fight. I just don't know about that. I don't know if I want to see Henry Cejudo defend his bantamweight title against Uriah Faber. Actually, I know that I don't know that. I know that I know that I don't want that. You know that I, mean, I don't know. Wait, it's, it's your bull.
2: <laughs> it's a bad fight. Uh Again, I I don't think I can say it enough. I do not need to, like I was so happy when Faber decided to call it a career after the picket fight, and uh, I just don't need him back in this. Like it, this just had has bad news and more injuries written all over it. All
1: right. He's doing
2: so well as a coach and manager at Team Alpha Male. Like he's got why the is, donger. Why is he? Why does he feel like he needs to do this? I just don't get it.
0: Uh, this card on Saturday is not great. couple fights I do want to see that I care about. Of course, the main event. How dare event,
2: you? How dare you? Of
0: course, the main event is women's bantamweight Jermaine Durandamy, the former featherweight champion, coming back in their first time since when. Uh, she beat Raquel Pennington last November. Hadn't fought for a year and a half since the home win before that. Uh, she's 35. Yeah. The, I don't really pop for the iron lady. This is a homecoming opportunity for Aspen lad in the main event to look good. And by the way, if she does beat Jermaine Durand and me on this type of mini win streak, then it's a, it is a, it is a very good win for the young prospect. Do you have anything to say about this fight more than what I just did?
2: Uh, no, I think Aspen lad is probably going to look fantastic. I don't, I think Jermaine Duranamy looked good in her fight against Rocky, but that just more speaks to Rocky at this point than her.
0: Speaking of Uh, Rocky, you claimed on our instant analysis card that maybe Rocky and Tiny Tornado are on the ropes. Maybe. I checked both their Instagrams. It may support that, Brandon.
2: I tried to – I gave you the facts. That's all I did. I present facts to you, sir. All right. She's also training for a fight next week too. She's fighting in San Antonio.
0: All right. All right, that's that. Um, I know what you really care about. You really care about this featherweight bout. Josh Emmett returns against your boy, the septic tank, Mirsad Bektik. (laughs) Speak it, bro. The greatest
2: mustache. The greatest mustache in MMA.
0: This Um, guy sent uh, Godofredo Pepe to hell a couple fights ago. This guy, Bektik, fresh off the win over Ricardo Lamas. What do you got? What do you got for me?
2: He was like the original 145 rising prospect out of Eastern Europe who I fell in love with in, in his his rise. He had a couple of setback losses. No,
0: he, but had, he had one, bro. It was just the Darren Elkins fight in which he was winning by a lot.
2: Oh, that's right. Okay. And you know he's also on this card, right?
0: I did not know that weird. Darren
2: Elkins is fighting Ryan Hall on this card. Yeah, I'll watch that. All right. All right. Um, but, yeah, I think Bektik is in that situation where he's close enough if he looks good, he's probably one win away from closing the distance on the top five in the wet, uh, featherweight rankings. But Josh Emmett is back again after that crazy knockout he had over Michael Johnson earlier this year. I mean, if that dude still got the power, that's a really fun fight.
0: I'm in. I'm in on that. Uh, Juliana Pena against Nico Montano. The previous. How about?
2: How dare action. you skipping over your boy John Volante?
0: First of all, that guy's not my boy, and I did skip <laughs> over Andre Touchy Feely coming back at Featherweight against Shaman Mirage. Um, yeah, a couple guys I want to see. Small card in comparison to recent ones. That's all I got. The show's over. All right, that's it, Brandon. What are you going to say to me about that?
2: I got nothing, man. I'm tired.
0: Yeah, you sound it. You sound very tired. Okay, I'm I'm booing you. Are you guys booing me? No, I'm booing are Brandon. You, guys, you better not boo me. I'm booing Brandon. <laughs> Okay, Al. Okay, Raging Al. Why don't you sell me a condo? (laughs) All right. That's the show for this week. Special thanks to Uriah Faber. uh, The other guy, too. Robbie Lawler and your boy, Brandon Wise. Uh, Rashad will be back. Our boy, Rashad Evans, will be back. So will BC. I'll be back refreshed from this trip. No, you won't. You're going
2: to be in Vegas. You're right.
0: I will be washed (laughs) to to the gills here. All right. Uh, I need, I need something to keep me going, Brandon, keep me up, right? Keep me like, I'm, like, no more dick pills. No, man. no, not that, not that. You need, just, that, uh,
2: you need that ripper nutrition.
0: I, 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 think I need to get back on the purple and the pink there from our boy, Badu Jack. Uh, that's the show for this week. Follow us on state of combat. Leave your five star review. Tell us why you love the show and check out my new project. Showtime sports under the Brendan Shaw below the belt banner every Monday at noon live. On Showtime's digital channels, it's called Morning Combat with your boy BC and Luke Thomas. Yes. Thank you. State of Combat in your ear hole. Now it's out. Brandon, two words for the people.
2: We out.